Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Ignited Podcast. We are Adrian and Jennifer Pina, bringing practical and spiritual tools to ignite your marriage. Well, welcome back, guys, and welcome to episode 10. Today, we're going to continue on in our series on communication that we started a number of episodes ago. And we're going to talk about one of the hardest areas we face in communication, conflict. Specifically, we're going to look at the heart of conflict today, take it for a little bit deeper today. We're going to look at what God's word has to say about conflict and about the many layers that are involved that sometimes we often don't see. So let's start by defining what we mean when we talk about heart. Because when we talk about heart from a biblical standpoint, sometimes people may think that it refers to the organ that's beating in your chest, but it often doesn't refer to that. The heart refers to the soul, the core of who we are, and it's where our emotions and will reside. Let me read this quote for you that really sums it up very nicely. Heart is used in scripture as the most comprehensive term for the authentic person. It is the part of our being where we desire, deliberate, and decide. It has been described as the place of conscious and decisive spiritual activity, the comprehensive term for a person as a whole, his feelings, desires, passions, thought, understanding, and will, and the center of a person, the place to which God turns. This comes from Fan the Flame by Jay Stoll. The Bible has a lot to say about the heart. In fact, The word or the idea of heart is referred to in the Bible between 700 and 850 times, depending on which translation that you're reading. That is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. So here's a few verses that really just pull out this idea. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Psalms 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And Luke 6, 45. The good person out of the good treasure in his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as we begin, guys, we're going to look at our hearts toward God and then look at our hearts toward our spouse. So we're going to begin by first looking at our hearts toward God. John chapter 15, verses 4 through 8, give a really just good description of what it really means to bring this underlying truth. So starting in verse 4, it says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. To abide means for us to remain. It emphasizes this ongoing faith a loving obedience that results in fruit being produced. So abiding is a choice. It's a choice that we make every day, if you're a believer, to stay connected in that way to Jesus. This is the goal of the Christian life. The goal of the Christian life is producing spiritual fruit. We are saved in order to bear that fruit, and that fruit shows forth as an expression 
of our salvation that our hearts have been transformed by Jesus. Our heart before God individually needs to be one of utter dependence and connection to the vine, that's Jesus, that we might bear fruit. So this is really important, you guys. Your spouse is not responsible for your heart before God. You have to deal with your own heart. So conflict is a matter of the heart, and we need to step back and look at our heart before we sin against God, our spouse, and others. Jesus said it simply. If we remain in him, allowing ourselves to be held in his embrace, his life will flow out of us to others. If we choose not to remain in him, we will have little, if anything, to offer others. This is a quote from Pete Scazzarzo, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. It's a book that we adore, and we've linked it in the description for you. But we love what he says here, kind of pulling it all together, okay? If our hearts are not right before God, our hearts are not going to be right before our spouse, and we're not going to be treating our spouse well. We're not going to be treating others well, because our hearts need to be aligned correctly before God first. Yeah, that's proper alignment in order for it to the vertical first before it manifests itself in the horizontal. So that's where it begins. It begins with our heart. Conflict always begins in that sense with you, right? But then now we're going to talk about how it expresses in our hearts toward other people, specifically our spouse. So in Galatians chapter five, we're going to read a passage to you that we typically call the fruit of the spirit. And it kind of brings into light this conversation. So starting at verse 16, it reads, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one, one another. So the way I like to talk about this is I say that fruit is the visible evidence of the internal invisible condition of the heart. So the outward reality that is produced by our actions, our attitudes, if we could say it that way, those visible things really show the innate nature inside our hearts that we can't see internally. So I want you to, let me give you an image to kind of bring this to mind. I want you to think about a fruit tree for a moment. You could tell the health of a tree by the fruit that it produces. My wife and I, Last fall, went uh, apple picking myself for the first time. It was quite an experience for this city boy to go apple picking. Now, there were so many beautiful trees with various kinds of apples that we could choose from. And when we went, there were certain rows that were open. You could just select to your heart's goodness and you paid for whatever you, you, you picked. Now, there were instructions specifically in telling you what to look for to know whether or not the apple was actually ready for it to be picked. There were visible signs allowing you to know 
Number one, if the fruit was ripe, or number two, if the fruit was even good, in order so you understood what exactly you were picking. The apple was giving you the signs of whether it was good quality to pick. Now, if I came across a tree in this apple orchard that had all bad apples on it, then there's an underlying issue. Bad fruit means bad root. There's something unhealthy about that tree because a good tree is a healthy tree and a healthy tree is going to produce good fruit. It's not going to produce bad fruit. Our lives have visible fruit. We often talk about this as referring to the fruit of the spirit. And if our hearts are right, we will have healthy fruit. And if our hearts are not right with God, we will not have healthy fruit. It's as simple as that. Yeah. That is why Paul compares the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5. The way in which we produce fruit that is of the spirit is by staying connected to Christ, walking in the spirit and crucifying the flesh. So think about this for a moment. We talked a little bit about the concept of abiding. But now let's talk about this walking thing. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? So to walk in the spirit means that we yield to the spirit's control, that we follow his lead, not ours, and that we allow him to exert his influence over us. So over our attitudes and our actions, basically it's saying that God, you are the pilot and we are the co-pilot. Not like the bumper sticker used to say, God is not your co-pilot. He's your pilot. (laughs) He's the one directing the, the plane. Okay. So the goal is fruit. Fruit is the goal of that abiding, of that connection. And in this case, the fruit that we want to produce is the fruit of the Spirit. So fruit is the goal when we give the Holy Spirit control. When we finally take our hands off the rain, then it allows the Spirit to exert His influence over us that we would produce fruit. The producing of fruit is a work of the Holy Spirit, and it's for the benefit of others. Imagine how much more it could even benefit your marriage if you were producing things like love, joy, peace patience, all of these different things. If you are producing these these actions and these attitudes, how much more is it going to bless your marriage when you are spirit-led in that way? And you are not being controlled by the flesh because you will produce fruit. It'll either be bad fruit, we could call that fruit of the flesh if you're being controlled by the flesh, or we could produce fruit of the spirit if we are being led and guided by the spirit. So, We've talked about the beginning of the heart of conflict, which is getting our heart right with God and then understanding how our heart affects our heart towards our spouse. And now we're going to look at an example. So I'm going to share with you guys a real life example of a conflict that Adrian and I had probably about 10 months ago. So we're going to walk through this example and share a little bit of the inside scoop with you guys. Okay, so we had been under tremendous stress as a family. We had stress happening in our in our work or our church environment, which is which is our work. We also had really a lot of financial stress happening in our in our home and in our family, which tends to lead those that combination is a dangerous combination for Adrian because it tends to lead to insomnia for him. He has a real struggle with insomnia. I hate not sleeping. It's not good. <laughs> so that was kind of the context. On the on the other side, I am a morning person. Okay. So I jump out of bed, energized. I'm ready to check off my to-do list. I'm eager to conquer the day, whereas Adrian is more, he's more of a night person. So in the mornings, he's a little bit slower to wake up. He a lot of times will stay in bed and read. And his body is often achy after the seasons of insomnia that he goes through. So his body is kind of feeling, feeling that, you know? So he was a little, he's a little achy and whatnot. So that was kind of the context of this conflict that we had. All right. So on this particular morning, 
I woke up around 5.30 a.m., which is pretty normal for me. I jump out of bed and I start kind of the morning chores, what I would call the morning chores. So I started some laundry. I unloaded the dishwasher. I made breakfast and then cleaned up from, you know, cleaned up the kitchen from making breakfast. I filled all all of our diffusers. I opened the blinds in the house. I pulled out our daily supplements. I packed Adrian's lunch for the day, sent a few emails, had my quiet time, and started a grocery list. A few hours. (laughs) And that was all before he even woke up, okay? So a few hours later, Adrian wakes up. I'm pretty sure she negotiated world peace during that time as well. (laughs) So he wakes up. He meanders to the living room. He's groggy and very kind of slow and silent. And he sits down on the couch and he starts looking at his cell phone. So here's the conflict. As he sits on the couch and he's looking at his cell phone, I sharply remind him that he needs to take the trash out, which probably would have been something that I told him the day before. We're not we're not disclosing those details. (laughs) And so I sharply remind him that he needs to take the trash out. Okay, Adrian responds defensively that he's not about to do that right now, which is his kind of M.O. phrase that he uses, which in and of itself, you know, is a thing, right? Yo, this is pre-coffee, though. I ain't had my coffee yet this morning. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not about to do that right now. Hello, wives. You know your husband has a, has a phrase. That's Adrian's phrase. Okay. True. I, so I'm standing at the kitchen door, and I angrily tell him that the trash stinks from last night's dinner. The chicken bones that were in there need to go out. They stink. And Adrian angrily puts his shoes on, his jacket on. He slams the door, and he walks out with the trash. Then he gives me the silent treatment for the next few hours. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we have come to learn that there are really multiple layers when it comes to conflict. And this is a perfect example when I kind of walk it through with you. If we could say there's really three kind of layers to conflict. Number one is the presenting issue. That is the top layer. That is the thing that is visible. It's the thing that engages the conflict. What is the first thing that's kind of said that seems like it's the heart of the matter, which often isn't. The second layer, kind of going one layer deeper, is real life factors. These are the things that are just beneath the surface. And we'll explain what these things are. And then lastly is really the heart issues. It's kind of the deep-seated stuff that unfortunately in conflict, what tends to happen is these things then come to the surface. They've kind of been building. You don't even know you're there until in the heat of the moment, they kind of come up and they creep up from the depths of the surface. So in our example, what is the presenting issue of our conflict? The presenting issue, it would seem like, was that the trash needed to go out. Now, whether or not it was told the day before, I don't know, (laughs) but that's not important. What's important is that the presenting issue was that the trash needed to go out. Now, for those of you watching this on the YouTube video, I'm going to go ahead and throw up a picture. For those of you listening on the audio, I'll try to describe this to you. But if you've ever seen an iceberg before, now, if you heard about the story of the Titanic or watched the movie, you would know that they were trying to avoid icebergs and ended up clipping an iceberg that they saw on the surface that looked not as big, that it really was huge beneath the surface. And so like this picture kind of shows the idea that the presenting issue, which initially engages the conflict, is kind of the thing that you can see on the surface. But the real life factors in the heart issues are deep beneath the surface. They're like the iceberg that you can't see deep in the water that are usually kind of the bigger issues when it comes to conflict. So let's talk about the true cause for like 75% of conflicts. Most of the time, if you're 
marriages even relatively healthy. You mm-hmm. know, the conflicts that you have often are really going to be rooted in some of these real life factors. So some of those could be not having enough sleep. You know, in this example that we shared, Adrian's insomnia, not having enough sleep. OK, hormones or hello, ladies, that time of the month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, personality type. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in our next session, which is going to be really good. The time of day. So we mentioned I'm a morning person. He's an evening person. So the time of day matters. Timing in general. You know, when somebody's in the middle of a project or in in the middle of something and you're trying to talk to them about some kind of a big issue. So timing is so, so important. The stress levels that you're both under. Hello, COVID. (laughs) You know, like the stress levels that you're that you're under. Issues that may be happening at work. Exhaustion in general. Unspoken expectations or just being distracted. We'd love for you guys to jump into the comments and just share some of the ones that you guys have seen. Like just the basic real life stuff. Maybe your kids are, you know, going through something or your kids are, you know, have different demands. And so those are real life factors. Maybe there's illness in your family. So there's so many of those. Right. So the conflict really isn't about those necessarily, but they're contributing in such a major way to the the conflict that you have with each other. Here are a few of the real life examples that were going on in our conflict that we gave you, the the story that we gave you. Number one is what we've already alluded to is my insomnia. And so that is a very, very real problem for me that thank God has gotten a little bit better, but it's a huge issue for me. So typically when I don't sleep, I'm grumpy. Just plain and simple. Ain't no other way to say that. I'm grumpy when I don't sleep. And Jen's a morning person. And as we as we jokingly said, but legit, she's the only person I know who wakes up and just immediately goes to task. I mean, and so she had all these things done and she's a morning person like that. I am a night person. I tend to get my energy at night and I feel better that way. I can go to sleep late. And that's just kind of been my MO. Jen's driven to do all these things to cross them off her to-do list. She wants to conquer that to-do list. So both of us were under tremendous stress as well uh, from work and some other various different situations. Let's take it deeper a moment. Let's talk about heart issues, okay? Now, remember our definition for the word heart. The heart refers to the soul, the core of who we are. It's where our emotions and will reside. The passage that we read in Galatians 5 gives a very good list, as we mentioned, of the fruit that comes from, fruit is going to come either way. It's going to come from your flesh, it's going to be bad fruit, or it's going to come from the spirit and it's going to be good fruit, and that totally applies to our marriage. All right. So building on this list, here are a few more common heart issues. Selfishness, this idea that it's going to be my way and my timing, you know, that kind of thing. Making assumptions, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, resentment, pride, a belief that says I am never wrong, hopelessness, I give up, you're never going to change. Those kind of ideas are also They're not necessarily listed in that Galatians section, but they kind of build on that same idea that they're heart issues that have to be addressed. What are the heart issues in our conflict? Many factors in our lives at that time were completely out of our control. So there was just so much stress happening and there were so many things that were happening in our lives that we really had no control over. So in this situation, I was processing my stress in an unhealthy way by hyper-focusing on what and who, namely my husband, I could control, or at least I tried to control, Mm -hmm. um, by being demanding 
and being insensitive to Adrian. My tone was sharp. I was impatient. My timing was not kind. He'd barely wiped the sleep out of his eyes. You know, he just got out of bed. That was not the best time. Yo, got to get the crust out the eyes and get the coffee. <laughs> Adrian was being selfish in this conflict by not wanting to take out the trash. Again, probably reminded that that night, but I'm just saying. <laughs> by punishing me with silent the silent treatment, he also acted out his anger when he slammed the door. So those were some of the kind of deeper heart issue things that we we contributed in that conflict. Yeah, we kind of broke down this example for you guys just to show that it's necessary for us and to encourage you to check your heart. Because when it comes to conflict, we always are of the firm belief that there's two sides engaged in conflict. We can always do something better ourselves when it comes to conflict. And we are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible for how we respond, how we handle even the heat of the moment. So this is a good opportunity for us to check our hearts. Here's a reality check, guys, for all of us. Let's be honest. When we are, are find ourselves right in the dead heat in the middle of conflict, it can be very difficult to not sin. We lose our temper. We say things we don't want to say that we wish we could take back. So many different things. And this is a great opportunity to be able to take a step back and examine our own attitudes and actions. We suggest that you try these steps and notice that each step requires personal accountability and requires personal action. Remember that your spouse is not responsible for your heart before God. You are responsible individually before God and you must deal with your own heart. All right. So step number one, step away from the conflict and take a few slow, deep breaths. Ask for a timeout if needed. That is a very, very important first step. Number two, consider what real life factors are contributing to this conflict. So ask yourself, am I tired right now? Am I being hormonal? Am I reacting or overreacting because of the stress that I'm in right now? So really take some time to evaluate that. I mentioned, I believe, last session that there, this was something that God really convicted me about. A lot of times when Adrian and I would be in conflict and I would just take, you know, we would take a break or time out or just step away for a moment, I would find myself reeling with anger toward him and all the things he did wrong and he said wrong and all these things and accusations in my mind, you know, like going over and over like, oh, and then I really realized that I needed to be evaluating my own heart, my own actions that needed to be improving. And so I really love the idea of, you know, stepping away from that conflict and having a moment where you're reflecting on yourself. And you're saying, what's what's happening in me right now? Am I hormonal right now? Am I tired right now? I think about probably 50% of the fights that Adrian and I get in that are real fights have to do with hormones. <laughs> hormones are the one of the huge factors. All mm -hmm. right, that's moving real. on. So that's step one was step away. Step two is consider what real life factors. Step three, consider if you are causing any roadblocks in your communication. So you guys, last episode, we covered this amazing list of roadblocks. If you have not checked that out, make sure to check that out. If you have checked that out, pin those, you know, pin those somewhere so that you can actually be aware of them and be working on them. But this is the opportunity for you to reflect on what your actions are and consider, am I causing any roadblocks in this conflict or in this communication? And then finally, number four, step four, pray and ask the Lord to reveal what is happening in your heart and the heart of your spouse. What a beautiful idea and what a beautiful opportunity 
we have to bring God into this conversation, right? So we're in conflict with each other and we believe that God is like the third the third part of this union, right? And so when we're when I'm stepping away and I'm saying, "Lord, help me. Show me what's in my heart right now that needs to be worked on. Reveal in my heart what's happening in my heart. Reveal in me to me what is happening in my husband's heart." Such an honest and raw prayer, right? To ask God to reveal to you your own heart. And let's be honest, guys, sometimes when you're in the heat of conflict, it's not very easy unless you take a step away to say, I need to pray about that for a second, okay? To involve God in the process. But man, what a prayer to say, God, I'm going to be vulnerable and I need to realize my own stuff or what's going on internally within me. Would you please show me to help us to bring resolution to this conflict? Yeah, these are great steps to really check your own heart. Whether you're doing that in a timeout or whether you're doing that after a conflict, if you're doing it in a timeout, we want to encourage you, as we did last episode, that it's very important that you come back together and work through the rest of the conflict before the sun goes down, right? That's the, the biblical guideline. But if you're doing this after a conflict, I love to journal, and a lot of times I'll journal after Adrian and I have worked through something, and I really will take some time to reflect on my own heart and what, what was happening within me in that moment. So guys, you know that every episode, we love to leave you with a tool that you can immediately put into practice. So now it's your turn to do an identification exercise. Think about a recent conflict that you had with your spouse, and if they're willing to work together to identify the three layers in your recent conflict, kind of like we did, okay? The goal of this exercise is identification, and we will walk through this conflict and give you the tools to be able to walk it all the way through to forgiveness. Uh, in a later session. So remember what the three layers were. Number one is the presenting issue. That's the surface level thing that we can see. The second layer is the real life factors, all the things that are going on often outside of our own control, these external pressures. And then lastly, the heart issues, the things that are really deep beneath the surface that kind of come up during the midst of conflict. Next week, we're going to be building on this series of communication with two of our favorite tools, actually. One of the tools we're going to be looking at how our personalities play a role in our conflict. This is going to be a really fun episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about paralleling our personalities to different animal types. So it's so fun. We're also going to be teaching you guys a tool that Adrian and I have literally used for probably 15 years or very nearly our entire marriage. And it's one of the the best ways to walk through resolving conflict with your spouse. We're so excited about next week's episode, you guys. Do not want to miss it. Don't want to miss that, y'all. Look for new episodes to drop every single Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And we would encourage you guys to utilize this podcast to be able to invest in your marriage. So if you like the content that we're producing, you're watching this on the YouTube channel, please consider subscribing to this channel. Hit a like on that video. It does a great thing to bring exposure to Marriage Ignited into this ministry. We are working really hard to bring you guys awesome and relevant content that would help and invest in your marriage. And so we'd love for you to share your thoughts with us and share this on social and get social with us. Share this with your friends and tag us at Marriage Ignited. We're also really eager to hear what kind of ideas do you have? What are some things that your marriage is going through that we can also share within Marriage Ignited? So Drop a comment in the comments with new ideas for episodes that you would like to see. We'd also love to hear what stood out from you during this episode or what are some things that you really are working on. We would love to pray with you about that and just hear from you. 
We're also would love for you to hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube. So that way you can get all the notifications when a new episode comes out. You'll get you won't miss a thing. All the uh, notifications will come to you. It just makes it a lot easier. All right, you guys. So next Tuesday, we cannot wait to continue this amazing series on communication. We pray that it's making a huge impact into the strength of your marriage, that it's igniting intimacy in your marriage. We cannot wait to be with you again next Tuesday. Have a great week, you guys. God bless you. God bless you guys. We'll see you all then.